All right, and welcome to episode 19 of the Loser Hour. And this week I'm going to talk a little bit fantasy football and preview NFL week one, talk a little baseball, run down uh, all the wrestling from this weekend, uh, NXT TakeOver Cardiff, um, AEW All Out, watched both those shows, um, and then NJPW Royal Quest, I watched a match from uh, that show as well. So I'm jump right into it with... Uh, some fantasy football talk. I uh, did my first draft of the year. I have two leagues usually. Um, one is usually a money league. One is usually a bragging rights league with like a bunch of friends. Both are different groups of friends, but one's always a money league, $50 buy-in. Well, that league isn't happening, so I had to find another money league. I found one with um, a bunch of people I work with. That draft's on Tuesday, tomorrow. Uh, as I'm recording this on a Monday. So, yeah, uh, I'll do that draft tomorrow. And that's just standard format PPR, same as uh, the draft I did yesterday for um, the Bragging Rights League. And um, so I'll just run down my draft uh, round by round. I uh, I only did one mock draft this year. Usually only do one mock draft. Uh, I got stuck with drafting with the first pick in the mock draft. And then, yeah, it kind of helped me because I had the first pick in my real draft. I hate the first pick. Usually like getting like sixth or seventh in the 10 man that just always works for me. So yeah, first pick, I got to wait 18 picks <coughs> until it wraps back around. And then I get two in a row. So, but it's like by that, by, by that point it's slim pickings and it's like, it screws my whole strategy up like I was talking about in, I believe it was last, uh, the last episode I did, I was, I was saying how, you know, I like to do running back and then wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, then go running back, running back, you know, and this just threw everything off. So first pick I, I went, uh, I didn't go like everybody else is going. I went with uh, Christian McCaffrey, Carolina's running back. I had him last year in one league. He's just a total beast. He's perfect for PPR. He catches a lot. He runs a lot. He's, Young, he's perfect. So I went Christian McCaffrey, uh, Saquon Barkley, whatever you know. But I, I, I didn't want him. So then, yeah, I, like I said, I had to wait 18 picks. It wrapped back around, and with my second pick, I went with uh, Joe Mixon, running back from Cincinnati. Uh, he was the only, he was the best option there. I was surprised that he was still there after 18 picks. I was really surprised. But most of the receivers, the top 10 receivers, were just picked within like, you know, it was just gone. So I, I took Mixon, and then with my third pick, I went with Adam Thielen, Minnesota wide receiver. So I had him last year as well. He's really consistent. I like having him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I it was between him and Stephon Diggs, but then the guy picking before me got Stephon Diggs. So, you know, it was it was like, okay, Mixon and Thielen is what I'm going to go with. So then, like, so boom, another 18 picks. I got to wait. Everybody's getting just all the wide receivers that I'm that I'm targeting gone. So then it comes down, and this is something that I never do. I never take a tight end this early. Well, I, the best option on the board was George Kittle, tight end for San Francisco. I went with Kittle. <coughs> um, I'm knocking on wood that he doesn't get hurt. And with my fifth pick, I went with Cooper Cup. He was the best available wide receiver. He's coming off an injury, but Cooper Cup has a high ceiling. He's a Los Angeles Rams wide receiver. So then another long 18 picks later. And this is where I kind of, the later rounds I kind of scored on, guys. Uh, with my next two picks, I seventh and eighth round, Tyler Boyd, both Cincinnati guys, Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. Oh, no, wait, okay, uh, I jumped ahead. With my sixth pick, I got Marlon Mack, running back for Indy. He was still there. And then Tyler Boyd, wide receiver for Cincinnati. So Marlon Mack and Boyd were the two that I got. And then 18 more picks later, I got A.J. Green. And I wanted fucking Tevin Coleman so bad. But the pick before me, again, snatched him up. So I, I had to go with A.J. Green and Matt Breida. So the other running back in San Francisco with McKinnon out again. You know, both of them will have share time. And, uh, you know, Coleman will probably be the kind of back that's perfect for PPR. But Breida had a pretty good year last year. So, so at this point... Um, you know, it's getting to the point where, where people are starting to take quarterbacks. They're, they're getting scared and they're taking all the quarterbacks and it's like, what the fuck? Like I usually, 
I usually wait. Last year, in one league that I finished like third in, I got Philip Rivers' last pick. And then in this league, I, I was the champion last year, and I had like I, Carson Wentz or somebody that I got with like second to last pick or some shit. It like I, it was it, you know. And then he got hurt, so I picked up somebody off the waiver wire that was killing it. And it's like quarterbacks are you know you can find them. So people were picking them all and it was slim pickings at this point. And I'm like, fuck, I have three picks to go. And, and there's nobody there that I would get late. The only quarterback that I like on this board is Kirk cousins. So with the 10th round pick, I, I, I went with Kirk cousins quarterback from Minnesota. And then with the next pick I had, I went with Corey Davis wide receiver, Tennessee. And then uh, with my 12th and 13th pick, I went with Peyton Barber, the running back for Tampa Bay, and wide receiver Geronimo Allison from Green Bay. And then my next uh, two picks were John Brown, wide receiver for Buffalo, and then Mark Andrews, the tight end from Baltimore. I don't know why I picked another tight end, but I have a feeling he's going to be good. Um, this is it. For this league, you have um, three wide receiver slots, um, two running back slots, a tight end, and a flex. So having three wide receiver slots makes it easier to start two tight ends. You know, it's, start one in the flex. So taking a gamble there. But um, that's what sucks about picking in that first slot. Like I had to go Kittle. That was one of my guys I would have just got late and not have to worry about Kittle. But I could possibly trade Kittle. There's some Niner fans in this league. So maybe see what I can do there. And, you know, I don't like having three people from uh, Cincinnati but, hey, if A.J. Green or Tyler Boyd are both solid, I can trade one of them for somebody that um, makes my team better. So uh, then my next three picks, I, I, Carlos Hyde was my last position player, Houston, and then my last two picks were kicker defense, uh, Will Lutz from New Orleans, and then there was no defenses. I just went with the Steelers. I was like, fuck it, whatever. I'll uh, probably just go week to week with defense like I usually do. So um, within this league, the first matchup I have is – against my buddy Juan, and this is how we're matching up. So I'm starting Cousins. He's starting Lamar Jackson. I'm going McCaffrey. He's going Josh Jacobs, uh, Oakland running back. Um, I'm going Mixon. He's going Aaron Jones, Green Bay running back. I'm going Thielen. He's going DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going Cup. He's going Keenan Allen. Both are questionable. I may flip them out. I, it just It's going to be a game-time thing for me. Then I'm going Boyd, and he's going uh, Chris Gordon from Tampa Bay. I'm going Kittle. He's going Greg Olson. Uh, my flex at the moment is Marlon Mack, and his is D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Steelers defense, they are playing New England, so I'll probably just drop them and switch them out for somebody else. And then he's going Browns against Tennessee. And then uh, my kicker, Will Lutz, against uh, his kicker, Harrison Bader. So, yeah, I may flip some guys out. I haven't really checked my stuff yet, but that's the week one matchup that I have right now. I'll go over that next week when see see who won on that one. So NFL week one is this week, upcoming week. First game is Thursday, September 5th, and it's my Green Bay Packers. I'm a Packer fan, and they are playing the Chicago Bears. They're at Chicago. So this is going to be a tough matchup for Green Bay. A new head coach, some new pieces there. So – That'll be interesting um, to see. I'll be getting. Uh, I'll, I'll be able to watch that game, so I'll, I'll be watching. And then, um, so our Sunday matchups. That's the that's the kickoff of the season: Packers and the Bears. So our Sunday matchups. Uh, these are all the 10 a.m. games. It looks like. Let's see. Yeah, these are all the 10 a.m. games. Ten. Yeah, 10 a.m. start time games. So the Rams at the Panthers. Redskins at the Eagles, Bills at the Jets, Falcons at the Vikings, Ravens at the Dolphins, Chiefs at the Jaguars, and the Titans at the Browns. So there's a couple interesting matchups in there. The Falcons and the Vikings will be interesting. Uh, the Bills and the Jets will be interesting. The Jets have a new-look team, and so the Bills kind of a little bit. But um, And then the Rams and the Panthers, that'll be a good one. Um, then our afternoon games, we have the Colts and the Chargers, Bang Colts at the at LA, uh, Bengals are at Seattle. 49ers are in um, uh, Tampa Bay. Giants are at Dallas. The Lions are at the Cardinals. And the Steelers for the late night game are playing the Patriots. So the, that's that's the big Sunday night game. 
Uh, out of the afternoon games, you know, you have the Giants and the Cowboys. Eh. I don't really. There's no. There's no games there for. For my that piqued my interest really. I'll probably be watching whatever. The, I'll probably be watching the Bengals game because I have fucking Bengals players. So that's usually then. There's nothing that interests me in those matchups. And then the Monday night game um, for the early game, we have uh, the Texans and the Saints, and their Texans are in New Orleans, and then the Broncos uh, against the Raiders at Oakland. So, you know, those are two. Those are two teams. Uh, the Texans and the Saints will be a, a good game. That'll be interesting. And then the Broncos and the Raiders should be fun. You know, Raiders. Both teams have new looks. So that's the NFL Week One stuff that's going on there. So moving over to the uh, baseball side of things. So it's been just crazy. There's been some crazy shit. I mean, you know, the, the Twins, are they broke that record that the Yankees, I believe, were the, you know, the, the most, hit, uh, most home runs in a season by a team. It's like 300 and or I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't remember what the fucking number was. It's a big number, 400, 300, I don't know, 460-something or some shit. I, I, have, I have no idea. Or two, I could be way fucking off, but let me see. Let's see. By a team. By a team. Uh, by a team, da, 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 da. 268, yeah, so I was way off. But they beat the Yankees, who are 267. So, yeah, the Twins beat that record, just showing that there are more home runs being hit. But uh, then Justin Verlander threw a no-hitter, so it's like Justin Verlander, man. Like, he just keeps getting better with age, and he's on a fucking killer team. So, yeah, I can't wait for the playoffs. Right now, looking over at the standings, we have um, – the top team in the American League is the Yankees at a 90 and 48 record, seven and three of their last 10. Uh, right behind him are Houston at 89 and 49 with eight and two of their last 10. And then you have the Minnesota Twins at the Central leading um, 85 and 52, eight and two of their last 10. And then our top two wild card teams, Tampa Bay, 81 and 58. They're six and four of their last 10. And then Cleveland in there at the second spot, 79 and 58. Five and five are their last ten, and then Oakland is seventy-eight and fifty-eight. They're a half game behind Cleveland, and then Boston is seventy-four and sixty-three, five games behind them. So there's a you know possibility if Boston gets hot in September, they slide in there. Oakland's in the thick of it, but that wild card should be decided from within Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and Oakland. Um, if my money was on it. I would say Tampa Bay, you know, they keep that top slot and then Oakland gets into that next slot because Cleveland's just been slipping a little bit here the last couple of weeks. So over to the uh, National League, our, our National League league uh, leaders are the, uh, you know, the fabulous L.A. Dodgers. They're uh, 89 and 50. Four and six of their last ten, so they've been slipping. And then the Atlanta Braves behind them for the East, uh, eighty-five and fifty-four. They're eight and two of their last ten. And then the Cardinals in the Central at seventy-seven and sixty. They are eight and two out of their last ten. With uh, the wild card looking like uh, seventy-seven and fifty-nine, Washington Nationals at the lead. They they have a three and a half game lead on the top spot. They're eight and two of their last ten. They're gonna clinch that top spot. Um, then. The the second spot is going to the Cubs at the moment, seventy four and sixty three. They're five and five of their last ten, and then two and a half games behind them are Philly at seventy one and sixty five. Milwaukee's three and a half behind at seventy and sixty six. Four games behind both are Arizona and the Mets are seventy and sixty seven, and then you know the Giants have slid completely out of it, sixty six and seventy one. Eight games behind. So it's within Philadelphia and Milwaukee, the other two teams that are kind of in it. The Mets and Arizona are, are problems, but I don't see them getting in there. Um, Milwaukee, it just sucks right now. You know, the Chicago, that division is just so tough. I see Washington definitely clinching, and then I see all three teams making a push, but Chicago getting that last spot. I think it just stays the same. But, yeah, the MLB playoffs, every time it comes around, it's just great. Um but there's, you know, it's 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 just the the game is so different now. They have all these 
you know, the openers and stuff like that. So it's like they asked the question yesterday when I was listening to the radio, uh, Giants postgame radio. They asked the question, will there be an opener this year in the playoffs like there was last year? And it's like, yes, there will be. How many? I think there will be multiple. I think at least multiple. The, the, the Yankees will probably do it a couple times because their pitching staff is just so weak. If they have to match up against a team like Houston, they may throw one of those those bullpen guys out there like Zach Britton to start the game for two innings. Like, you, you never know. So the baseball playoffs are always exciting. So the Giants, um, we're getting into the last month here. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Giants. And yesterday we had um, the uh, Pablo Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval has to have Tommy John surgery, and he'll most likely be out all of next year. He's a free agent, and the Giants will probably just not pick up his contract. Um, And it sucks because he, you know, he's he's he left. And he said some things. He was a great giant. He, you know, he, everybody loved him. He left. He said some things. People got pissed. He came back. He redeemed himself. It's like, you know, we've we've always loved you, Pablo. You just fucking, you turned into a dick for a second, and that's what everybody kind of just doesn't want out of their players. So, yesterday the Giants, you know, they let him. He's a switch hitter, so they let him. They, they activated him from the DL. He's going to have surgery this week, but they acted it, activated him from the DL and let him have an at-bat, and he had an at-bat, and, you know, he, he pinched hit, and it was just, you know, here, have your last at-bat in front of this Giants crowd. Most likely his last at-bat in front of a Giants crowd. You know, who you never know, but it may be his last at-bat. So he has his last at-bat, and, you know, the crowd just goes crazy. It, it, it was a great moment. And we're also going through this whole month-long, you know, celebration for for Bruce Bochy, and you know, it's it's getting to the point where it's it's more real. And the coach is is you know, he's he's leaving, he's gone, and you know, it's after this season. And it's a guy that we've been as Giants fans, we've been used to seeing every single year, you know, and and it's it's going to be tough to to not see him out there. So yeah, I'm. I haven't gone to a game yet. I've been to a game at least once since they've opened the stadium, so I have to get out there. I plan on going to, like, the last game of the year like I did a couple years ago, and it was Matt Cain's uh, send-off and fan appreciation. So Matt Cain had, you know, it was one of those moments where Matt Cain went out. I, I grew up watching him, and he was always just so fucking game and stone face and he grabbed the mic and he just fucking lost it. it was an emotional wreck and it was just like holy shit dude this shit got real right now so yeah i i imagine that'll be the same for bochi on the last game of the year so that's kind of why i want to go to that game so yeah the the whole uh they they unveiled the whole thing and and uh, i believe it's um in left field on the wall that says uh thank you boach and it's a cool little banner so it's september and all the call-ups are happening, but it's also, you know, it's all September long is Bruce Bochy month for the Giants fans. So it's definitely going to be an interesting year next year. It's going to be an interesting September. It's going to be an emotional September for all of us just fucking having to deal with this kind of shit. But, you know, that's the thing. We're all, uh, as my as my friend Nick would say, as a friend of the show Nick would say, we're all too emotionally wrapped up on our on our sports teams. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little wrestling. There's a bunch of wrestling this weekend. Um, I watched, uh, all out on, on, I worked on Saturday and then I, I, so I wasn't able to watch the takeover show, but I got home right in time to watch all out and I watched all out and then I watched takeover yesterday and then I watched a match from New Japan Global Quest today so i'll talk about that match i watched the uh kenta and uh, ishii match and uh it was a solid match until you know ishii did a suplex and it just looked like a normal suplex he didn't like some there's some suplexes you'll see in, in new japan where they throw the guy right on their fucking head this was not that this was just a basic suplex he kind of he he landed on the back of his on like his shoulders and everything and yeah his head kind of hit the mat but he didn't land on his neck he didn't land on his head or nothing but he fucking got concussed and yeah right right after that like Ishii headbutted him I don't know how hard that fucking headbutt was but that shit fucking and then there was a point where you know he tried to right after that he tried to fucking 
power slam him, and he just fucking collapsed. It was like he's not doing this shit. And then yeah, he he went. They they finished the rest of the match. The fucking at least like six seven minutes more of the match. And then yeah, he he wins the title. Kenta wins the title, and he fucking is up on. He goes to get up on the top rope, and he just fucking slips, and then he tries it again. It slips again. It's like oh fuck, dude. Like this dude is straight up fucking concussed. He can't fucking get up on the top rope or the middle rope to fucking like gloat that he won the fucking championship so yeah it was a little bit of a scary moment there but um the new japan royal quest card was rapungi 3k rocky romero show and yo they defeated uh taguchi uh umino and uh, narita i don't i don't know who any of those fucking guys are i haven't been watching new japan in a while honestly i've been working a lot uh then we had koto bushi and juice robinson defeated um members of the Bullet Club, uh, Takahashi, and uh, fucking, I don't know how to say that guy's name, so I'm not even going to fucking attempt it. Uh, third match was uh, Chaos, Will Ospreay, and uh, Robbie Eagles. They're calling themselves like uh, Birds of Prey or some shit. Uh, this match was one of the matches that I want to watch. Uh, they they uh, debuted their team and faced uh, Ishimori and El Fantasmo, b- part of the Bullet Club. And then uh, you had... Um, Lij Naito and Sonata defeated Jay White and Chase Owens. Um, you had fucking Gorillas of Destiny, Tomatonga and Tomaloa, Tongaloa against Ozzy Open, uh, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. No idea who those guys are. Uh, and yeah, Kenta beat uh, Ishii for the Never Openweight Title. Um, you had Tanahashi defeated uh, Zack Saber Jr. for the British Heavyweight Championship, and then uh, Okada defeated Suzuki for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So, yeah, I want to watch those those main events, but I just haven't had the time. I, I needed to record this show. So, um, let's see. Let's start with All Out. So, yeah, All Out was pretty good. It, it was actually it was, it was really good. There were some really good matches on it. Um, I'm not going to be the, the guy that sits here and, and goes, fucking, I like this show more than this show. Or I, I liked both All Out and TakeOver for different reasons. And I can't really pick which one I liked more because they were both entertaining in their own rights. And I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to watch everything and I'm going to enjoy that there's a bunch of shit to watch. Like, I, I see all these fucking comments on, on social media and it's so fucking annoying. Like, you'll see an AEW post and all the fucking comments on it. Some stupid ass fucking troll, dumbass Mark fucking tweeting some shit about, oh, uh, TakeOver is better. It was like, fuck you, dude. Who gives a shit if it was better? Like, in your mind, you liked it more. Okay, cool. Now, can we fucking just enjoy that there's a bunch of shit to watch wrestling-wise? It's just fucking stupid and childish. So I'm going to get that. I just got that out of the way right away. You know? So AEW, uh, the opening for the, the pre-show, you had the Battle Royal, and I fucking hated this match. It was just pff, these Battle Royals I don't enjoy, so stop fucking doing them. They're fucking just clunky, and there's parts of the match that are decent but it's just i don't fucking like these matches so nyla rose won that she's now one of the number one contenders for the women's championship and then we got a private party against angelico and jack evans now this was a good match uh fucking angelico and jack evans put over private party like fucking crazy they private party's good they they're young and they got a lot of potential so that's cool that they're you know, one of the teams that they brought in. I can see them both being big stars in a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, Jack Evans fucking did a bunch of crazy shit. And, yeah, they both put them over like crazy. Then uh, after the match, they they did their little whole heel turn, Jack Evans and Angelico. So that was cool. Good match, solid match for the pre-show. Main card started off with SCU, uh, Daniels, Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky against uh, the Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Uh, SCU ended up taking the, the victory in this one. Um, they did it with the fucking, whatever the hell they call it, the best Meltzer ever, whatever, double one with him holding fucking Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Um, I just, I don't know, I'm not a fan of Marco Stunt. The guy's fucking tiny, and it's like he's tiny compared to guys like Daniels and Kasarian who are not huge fucking guys like he's just tiny it looks like a little child out there it's fucking weird I mean he does some cool flippy floppy shit but it's like dude like one clothesline from any normal sized human being would just put that fucking guy on his ass so it's like how do you take like any of that shit serious like you 
for me, it's like it just takes me out of it. I see him take one fucking gnarly bump, and it's like, how is this guy ever gonna like? How's he gonna get back up from that in in a couple minutes? Because it's like, dude, that dude's tiny, and he just got fucking destroyed. So yeah, um, but Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are fucking awesome. Luchasaurus shined a lot in this match. Did a bunch of crazy kicks and shit, and yeah. So this was a good one, good opener. Um, then everybody was super surprised that the second match was uh, Kenny Omega against Pac, and um, yeah, this was a good one. And then Pac won with uh, submission. Surprised everybody again. This fucking this was my favorite match of the of the card. It was um, just a fucking great wrestling match. There was a couple slip ups, but I don't mind that kind of, kind of shit. That's also another pet peeve of mine when a bunch of people point out, "Oh, look, he botched." Blah, 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 blah. It's like sometimes. It's all about the recovery, you know, type of deal. And sometimes it it feels more real when you're watching something. If they slip up, it's not so fucking polished, you know. That oh, because these guys are fucking sweating. They're having a fucking twenty minute match, and they're fucking sweating. And they go for a move, and one guy doesn't execute it right. Okay, cool, whatever. Who gives a shit? It's because they're fucking battling, and in a real like this is supposed to be a simulated real fight. Like so, people are they they're so caught up in the idea that that. They know it's all work that they want to point out that when somebody fucks up, I don't fucking understand it. It's just so weird. So, yeah, I don't mind a little bit of a slip up here and there. It makes it feel more fucking real to me. So, yeah, this match was awesome. I loved it. And the finish was cool. I, I have no problem with, with him submit with Pac submitting fucking Omega. It caught everybody off by uh, surprise. Omega didn't tap or anything. It was just a ref stoppage. So, yeah, it was really good. Uh, then we went into this uh, Cracker Barrel clash. Fucking A, man. This match was fucking insane. Um, Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc. Um, Jimmy Havoc picked up the victory in this one. Literally, uh, while I'm watching the entrances, I'm saying to myself, fuck, like, Jimmy Havoc's probably going to win this match. Like, for some reason, I just have a feeling Jimmy Havoc's going to win this match because he hasn't really had a chance to show everybody what he can do, and this is his first kind of match to do that, and... He, you know, he. There's no way that he's gonna lose. <coughs> so, I was right in in, uh, in picking that one. And this match was just fucking insane. They did a bunch of fucking gnarly ass shit. Uh, the whole fucking Darby Allen taking the skateboard out with fucking thumbtacks on it, jumping off the top rope with it into Janela's back. That was fucking crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Love that shit. That was such a cool spot. Even, like, take the thumbtacks out. That would just be a cool fucking spot right there, just jumping off with the skateboard on top of the guy. Um, Darby Allen then did the fucking crazy, like, back trust fall thing with holding a fucking cracker barrel onto steel steps that Jimmy Havoc moved out of the way and fucking just crash and burn. Um, fuck, what else? They put thumbtacks in fucking Havoc's mouth and taped his mouth shut so he couldn't spit him out. Fucking... Uh, then taped him to a chair and fucking Darby Allen jumped from the top rope like a senton through the fucking through havoc in the chair. Like it just there was so much shit in this match. It was super entertaining, super hardcore. Like this was it, it, it was what it was, you know. So there are people that will bitch and moan and complain about this kind of shit, but this is the entertainment part of the show, and I'm totally into it. I was like, what the fuck? These guys are killing themselves. So if they want to do that shit, good for them fucking entertain the hell out of me so yeah um the next two matches my internet just fucking crapped out on saturday night and i missed the dark order against best friends and i missed the riho versus uh, sheeta match so dark order beat the best friends and riho defeated sheeta uh that means riho will take on nyla rose on i believe the first episode on tnt so that will be for the women's title so then we got the uh, the grudge match, Cody against Sean Spears. And Cody had MJF in his corner. Sean Spears had Tully Blanchard in his corner. Um, both men had fucking awesome entrances. Um, the <laughs> entrance for Cody was hilarious, how, like, they set off fireworks and they had his fucking dog in the tunnel. His dog's freaking the fuck out. Like, what the... F they set off the pyro and shit, and the dog's like, what the fuck? And they try to walk out with him, and the dog's like, I ain't going the fuck out there. What the hell are you doing? Like... What the fuck, dude? Like, why wouldn't you guys have, like, be, I know you shot that little, like, pre-roll thing. Like, you should have did that beforehand or some shit and then had the dog, like, in an area to where fucking the fireworks didn't freak him the fuck out because that, that shit was really funny, but, like, at the same time, really sad. You're like, what the fuck, poor dog? But then, yeah, they walked down. He picked MJF. Um, yeah, Tully Blanchard gets involved a bunch of times, and then you see Arn Anderson come down at the end. It's spinebuster to uh, 
to Sean Spears. Uh, this match is really good. All the Cody matches tend to be really good. And yeah, this one, if if um, if anything, like it just shows like what WWE missed out on with both of these guys and what story that they they both just told. They were telling such a simple story of you know. Uh, you know, Cody called Spears a good hand, and and Spears doesn't. You know that that's what everybody's called him his whole life, overlooking him type of thing. And they're they they're supposed to be friends. They've they've been best friends, and he stabbed his best friend in the back, and blah 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 blah. It's a simple fucking story. And then they go out there and they have this match that's damn near twenty minutes that kills it, that tells a story the whole time, and Cody gets his revenge. And it's all, you know, this chair shot type of deal. And, you know, Cody gets his revenge and boom. And it's it was just, you know, it shocked a bunch of people. People wanted Spears to win. But it was just a great story. And it, and it concluded here. And it was what it was. Everybody thought MJF was going to turn. He wasn't supposed to turn at this moment. He was doing everything he could do to still be a heel. Like, he was fucking distracting the referee when he wasn't supposed to be and shit like that, and everybody was getting pissed at him. So that MJF was used perfectly. Tully Blanchard was used perfectly. You know, there was a whole belt spot. You take off Cody's weight belt and distract the ref so the ref could take the weight belt out, and then Tully hands him his belt that he took off himself, and you can see at one point Tully taking the belt off. And then after Spears is done whipping him, he throws the belt, and you can see Tully putting the belt back on. So it's like this little things like that that are that are good stuff. Um, then we got this fucking insane ladder match for the AAA tag titles, the Lucha Brothers against the Young Bucks. The Lucha Brothers won this one. Um, yeah, don't do another fucking ladder match like this again. Jesus fucking Christ. Entertaining as hell, but fucking Jesus. There was some spots in that that were so fucking dangerous. And, like, Nick almost fucking kills himself coming off the top rope, clipping his legs on the top rope, or coming off a ladder, going th- over the top rope into two tables. He misses one. Like, he was too far away. His legs clipped the fucking ropes. Brutal. But then there was, you know, there was big spots that were good spots, like the fucking Canadian Destroyer that Pentagon did fucking off the top of the ladder through the tables. Like, that was, like, it was super fucking dangerous, but at the same time, he protected him and everything. So at the, it wasn't that bad. So I can't, you know, th- this match was fucking awesome. It was one, it was one of the best matches on the card. It was for me. It was like this. It, it, for a lot of people, it's the best match on the card. For me, it was like the second tied for the second best match of the card. For me, it was like it's close tie between this one and the main event. So yeah, the main event, uh, Hangman Adam Page coming out on his on his horse against uh, Chris Jericho. Jericho. Ends up winning this one for the uh, AEW World Championship first ever. This was a good match. Jericho gets busted. They told a good story. Another one of those types of matches, you know, here where they're telling a good story. And then, yeah, he wins the title. A lot of complaints of, oh, fucking old Jericho wins the title and same shit WWE does. No, like, whatever. Jericho's going to put these guys over in the long run and... um Jericho fucking still kicks ass. So who cares if he's older? He still fucking kicks ass. He's not like these guys that come out there and only do their finish and work a five-minute match. This match was 26 minutes. He worked his fucking ass off. He goes out there and puts in the work. But what he does is he does old-school shit, and he doesn't fucking wrestle every every week like everybody wants him to. He shows up, and he does his shit, and that's that's cool. Makes him fucking special. So I don't find no complaints with that, especially going into a new TV product. If you want to hook people that don't know what your product is and you're coming in on TNT and your heavyweight champion is a guy named Chris Jericho that people know, it's a household name, it's going to hook you. And then you can get people to believe in your product and you can get people to believe in guys like Hangman Page who are facing that. Hangman Page is going to start going against Pac, most likely. So Hangman can beat him and all on this TV type of deal and work his way up to a championship to where people will be behind him more because the reaction from that show was pretty split and a lot of lot more Jericho support than Hangman support. So, you know, they kind of did the right... They had the right move there. They, they made the right decision. So, yeah, I... It was, it, it was a great show all out. Uh, Hangman... Or, uh, the... Um, Omega Pack match was my favorite, and then uh, yeah, it was probably be the Lucha Bros and and Young Bucks, and then the 
Hangman and Jericho match. But then, yeah, the the don't sleep on that fucking Cracker Barrel brawl because that thing was fucking highly entertaining. And then I got to go back back and watch. Um, and then, yeah, Cody and Spears was great too. So yeah, don't sleep on those matches. Um, it was just a good card, good 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 show with entertainment, wrestling, old school type of wrestling, high spot stuff, all kinds of shit. You know, it, there was it, it it it's something for everybody. So NXT Takeover Cardiff. Um, now, this show I really, really enjoyed as well. Um, the opening of this show was Noam Dar against Travis Banks. Noam Dar picks up the win. It was an okay match. I don't know why the show, this one opened the show. I would have went with the tag match, which I'll get to. But uh, then we had the open challenge from Cesaro against uh, Ilya Dragunov. And uh, Dragunov's fucking badass. And then him and Cesaro go out there and have this fucking killer match. Cesaro just fucking shines, picks up the win. Um, maybe we see more Cesaro in the future in NXT UK. I don't know, but that's a great match. He just showed up and had there. So, and he got love from everybody. So yeah, go check that one out. If you're going to watch this show, uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, uh, they won the tag team championships from the grizzled young vets, Zach Gibson and, uh, James Drake, and then Gallus, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. This was a fucking awesome triple threat tag match. They had so many cool spots in this match. They did a bunch of cool, sh- like, false finishes that I haven't seen done. I don't think – I mean, I haven't seen that kind of shit done since, like, the old school tag tag matches that I was watching when I was growing up. So I, I was really enjoying that fucking shit. They did some really cool stuff where, like, two times where they had um, – Mark because Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, they're both – from Wales and the show was in Wales and they were doing the whole like they're getting this close and then they keep getting interrupted and Gallus is on the outside of the ring and they you know they they hit their finish on on um one of the grizzled young vets and then it gets interrupted by the other grizzled young vet and you think that that's the finish and then boom fucking Gallus comes in and they take out Flash Morgan Webster and then they take out Andrews and you're like oh they're done and then they fucking get taken out by the grizzled young vets the grizzled young vets hit their finish and then fucking you just think it's over from there and then no that's a false finish and then you get to the point where they had like another five minutes of action and grizzled young vets are on top it's just a flurry of of action they they hit fucking flash morgan webster with their with their tag finish then uh gibson is telling james drake to do a tope to the outside because Gallus is getting up, so he runs and does the tope to the outside, fucking takes them out. And out in, he, he goes to pin. At that moment, they're pinning. He's pinning Flash Morgan Webster. Off off the top rope comes fucking Mark Andrews with the shooting star, hits him, fucking grabs Webster, flips him over, one, two, three. I was like, fuck, man, that came out of nowhere. That was great. They had been teasing with getting the belts multiple times in this match and they finally did and they kept teasing the fans and then they kept teasing them that it wasn't going to happen and then it finally did so that was just perfect right there perfect stuff um best match on the card so far second best match of the card after watching all of it for me um then we we went to this uh last man standing match this was just a hoss fight joe coffee against dave mastiff this was the entertainment Haas fight, you know, type of de- entertainment portion of the the show. They did some fucking cool shit in this one too. There was a, there was Mastiff threw coffee into the the, he just threw him into the corner and the top rope just fucking exploded and came off. And then they were forced to go outside and battle outside and they're doing all this shit outside, throwing guys through tables. And yeah, the finish of this match was cool too, where they they just been beating the hell out of each other they both fucking threw each other off of the announced position through two tables they're pulling each other up and um coffee's up on his feet mastiff's almost up by the 10 count and coffee just kicks one of those rolling like cases that they have for fucking carrying like their equipment he just kicks one of those and it hits him in the knee and knocks him down and coffee wins so yeah it was a fucking brutal match brutal last man standing match fucking fun to watch a lot of cool shit in this one. So, yeah, go watch that one. Um, then we had Tony Storm champion for the women's championship against Kaylee Ray. The story in this one was really cool how they were, you know, Kaylee Ray was in her head from the beginning. And this was a quick match. Kaylee Ray just dominated, won the championship. Told a great story just in Tony Storm's head the whole time, countering everything she did, just getting at her at every moment. 
So yeah, I really, really thought that was good. It wasn't too super long, and it just fucking told a perfect story. So we had a new women's champion, and we have a new tag team champions. And then we went to this main event. Fuck, man, this main event was 40 minutes, almost 45 minutes. Walter against Tyler Bate. Walter retains. Fuck, man, like, this match was so good. It, Tyler Bate is fucking awesome. Walter's a star. These both, both these guys have chemistry. They can work fucking. Tyler Bate did so much cool shit. He did homages to both his tag partners. He did the, the, the fucking Pete Dunn finger break. He did the burning hammer from uh, Trent Seven. There was a lot of, there was, you know, the, he did the Tyler Driver 97 on Walter. That's a big fucking dude. A lot of cool near falls. Walter wins this one with, uh, he th- like threw him off the top rope or some shit and then did that big old splash. But yeah, go out and see this one. If you like old school, like just British wrestling and, and mix with the new school type of shit, and the- these guys deliver in every single way. And NXT UK is a solid brand. It I, I don't watch it every week, but I, I go I'll, I'll, on the weekend sometimes I'll binge watch a couple episodes. And man, it's fucking awesome. And the, the arenas they're in are super cool. The guys, you can tell, are into this shit. It feels like how NXT was back in the day. So yeah, this is a really cool show. And now that NXT is moving to USA and people are are all pissed, oh, what am I going to watch on Wednesday on the WWE Network, blah, blah, blah. Like that was my shit that I would watch, this, this, and this. Well, Wednesday, you got all this shit to watch anyway now. You got it on USA and all this. Well, the WWE Network on Wednesday has NXT UK. So watch that shit because it's great. And um, yeah, I really fucking enjoyed this show. I would say... Like I said, I'm not going to pick, you know, the, the shows that I liked both this show and All Out probably about the same because they both had elements to it that I fucking loved. Um, the, the pro for me is like TakeOver was like three hours on the dot. Perfect. And uh, All Out was like five hours. So I could do without the super long shows, but that's whatever. You know, it is what it is. That's just a nitpick. But yeah, it was just a fun weekend of wrestling. And I like that all this kind of shit's back. Just a bunch of wrestling. You know, so it uh, it's also been just a weird, weird week. Like, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird last, I don't know. There's just been a lot of weird things happening. This is kind of something that I wanted to just blather about at the end of the show. Because, you know, if you want to skip it, you could skip it. But I just don't. I do a lot of, like, looking on Twitter of all this fucking what's going on. And (coughs) Twitter's just a fucking cesspool of nonsense when it comes to political opinions and shit like that. And it's a horrible place to try to find your your news and try to find your opinions. And I try to be unbiased as possible. And then, I man, it's just, it's so hard in these days. You see fucking so much nutty fucking shit. And you see it from both fucking sides of the aisle. And it just... You know, I, I go on here and I see these fucking people that are just fucking crazy, man. I can't, um, I can't just begin to explain how annoying it is to hear like people call this fucking country communist or call this fucking country fascist or people calling white people with different fucking points of views Nazis, Nazis or fucking fascists or just shit like that, man. It, it really or white supremacists or you know they're. It, to me, it, it just, fuck, man, it devalues those goddamn terms. Those words mean something. And when you fucking call somebody who, who isn't a white supremacist a white supremacist, or you call somebody who isn't a Nazi a fucking Nazi, it doesn't mean as much anymore. And you're doing it over and over and over again, and it doesn't fucking mean anything. And it also is just fucking violent rhetoric. There are fucking people that hear that shit and they get called it and then they fucking lose it. They snap in their fucking, their mind. And they're, it's, it's the type of shit where you have mentally unstable people. You have people that, that suffer from all kinds of different fucking problems in their life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying there aren't fucking white supremacists out there. There fucking obviously are. And there obviously are people that are neo-Nazis and shit like that. There are. But people that have different fucking points of views are not fucking Nazis if they're white. 
you know, they're not a white supremacist and they have a different fucking view on abortion or fucking immigration or whatever, you know? There's, it's, it's so fucking bizarre to me. There's also there's just so much bizarre type of shit when it comes to, like, you know, what's... Like, the, the whole abortion topic always gets me because there's there's something where for where for me I, I it's 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 not for me to fucking decide it's none of my fucking business i'm when it comes to politics i'm more of a libertarian and middle ground person i don't give a fuck about your your personal life it doesn't affect me as long as you're not creating policy that fucks with my life i don't give a shit that's where i stand but i have a little bit of a weird like moral dilemma when it comes to something like abortion when it comes to like deciding dates and times and stuff like that. I don't give a fuck when you do that kind of shit but when's the limit and what's the cutoff I don't feel it's cool to do that kind of shit at like 30 something weeks or 40 something weeks I feel like that's a little bit fucked up that's like a fully formed human inside you know but that's not again that's not for me to fucking decide but if I have that type of conversation with somebody who is just a fucking insane person and they're insane through this fucking crazy rhetoric that we've been indoctrinated with, then I'm somehow some sort of fucking crazy, you know, right-wing nut job or whatever, you know? It's so fucking weird, man. It's just a different view. It's just a different point of view on something. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of with you on it. I I don't give a fuck. Do what you want to do. It doesn't matter to me. It's not affecting my fucking life. So it, it doesn't matter. It's just there's a lot of shit that, that gets fucking thrown around out there, and it's just so fucking annoying, man. It's so frustrating. I try to to pay attention to, to as much shit as possible and understand people's opinions and, and point of views, and it's just, man, it's like uh, there's, there's so much out there that it's like people don't want to have a conversation. There are people who just don't want to hear it. If you have a certain point of view on things, if you have a certain opinion, like I just brought up on abortion, you know, there are... Uh, swinging it right back around there there are religious people and this is a thing that you know i I, i've been thinking about quite a bit religious people in in this country christians jews muslims catholics all of them they all they all live to a specific moral code and that moral code you know they they believe in in certain things you know they and if you i'm talking about people that practice this like they practice what they preach not people that say they practice and they go out and they do all fuck shit. Like, I'm talking about people that actually follow the fucking religion. And those people, you know, 90, 100% of the time, I'm not even going to say 99.9%, 100% of the time, they're against something like abortion because it's just morally and it's fundamentally wrong to them because of their religion. Now, me as a, as a person that lives in this country, I, I, I feel like I, you know, I may not agree with it, but I have to respect it because it's their fucking right as, as a religious person. And once again, I'll wrap that back around. As long as they're not making a policy based on a religious like, belief, then I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It's not a big deal to me. I don't give a shit. If they have a specific belief and they want to preach that to somebody, who cares? I don't give a fuck. I cannot listen. It's not a big deal. I don't understand the whole idea of trying to shut these people up. Let them have their fucking belief and let them have their right to speak. As long as they're not putting policy on the paper, then we're cool. We're okay. It's just so much fucking insane, like, dialed up to 10 rhetoric from fucking, like I said, both sides of the aisle. I find myself more getting more irritated with people on the left-leaning aisle. And there's a different, you know, I, I, I have Democratic friends, and they're Democrats. They're not fucking leftists. There's a difference. And there are, there's a difference between somebody who's a Republican and a fucking right-wing nut job, you know, fucking whatever you want to call them, an alt-right, whatever. There are, there are differences. There, there are fucking differences. And, you know, it, it sucks because I have people that I know that they just fucking look at me as a right-wing whatever, conservative idiot. And I'm, I'm not. I'm fucking middle ground person but i think i try to think as logically and sanely as possible and i feel like the whole fucking idea that that we live in this fucking crazy world because donald trump's our president is just a fucking horrible horrible narrative to spread to young kids and young people and you know you have more fucking shootings and all you want to do is say it's trump's fault and you want to fucking blame it on people that support Trump and and you want to fucking blame it on guns and you understand that this type of rhetoric causes more of this type of violence and 
that's what just doesn't, I don't understand. It's like they're purposely doing this and people are fucking bite, biting into it hook, line, and sinker. It's like, fuck, man, you know, you want to fucking advocate for something, advocate for something, but know your shit, know what you're talking about. Don't fucking, I see so many blue checkmark idiots on Twitter spreading so much false bullshit that it's like, and then you see the, you go and look at the comments and people just eat it up. They eat it up. And it's just, it's, it's something that, it's a cancer. It's a fucking cancer to this fucking society. It's killing all of us as, as, as a normal, sane society of people. Look what's going on in China right now. That's a communist society. People are protesting. What's the government doing? They're spraying them with fucking hoses with blue dye in the water so that they can fucking know who to arrest. That's what communist societies do. They can't, you, oh, there's too many of them. They, you know, that this is how people look at it. Oh, there's too many of them. They can't catch them all. Well, they figured out a way to fucking spray water on them with blue dye. If you have blue dye on you, you're going to a fucking prison camp for disobeying. You know, we live in a privileged society, a very privileged society, a free society. We are able to say and do most of the time whatever the fuck we want. You can go on the internet and say what the fuck you want to somebody. You could, I could go tweet right now at, at the president that I hate his fucking guts, that he's a dumb motherfucker. As long as I'm not saying I'm going to kill him, you know, there's you could there are so many people every single day that say shit to him that are just outrageous. You know, it's like, yeah, rightfully so. You may not like the guy. I don't fucking like the guy much either, but I don't think he is the end of this fucking country. And I don't think he's the end of the fucking world. And I don't think he affects me at all. I live in California. I live in a fucking liberal state. I may live in a little conservative pocket of a liberal state, but I still live in a liberal state where liberal fucking policies are enacted and, and I'm taxed like a liberal state. So it's pretty good to live here if you're, if you're a liberal and a Democrat. You're, you're pretty happy, you know? So complaining is it's just fucking stupid. It's a lot of people that just want to fucking complain. And when they get their Democrat back in power, when it, when it does happen, because it always does, it always swings back, when they get their Democrat back in power, it's going to be interesting to see how the world falls apart from this time and how the right reacts and t- that type of shit. Because the right is, is, you know, they do the same type of shit. They did the same type of shit during Obama. It's fucking annoying. So it, it's just, I feel like it's, it's worse now, though, with Trump. And it, it, he's, he's partially to blame because of his dumb actions. But it's, it's fucking just, people give him fuel, and it's fucking ridiculous. Everybody needs to just cool off a little bit, fucking chill out, because this shit isn't as important as everybody thinks. There are certain things that are important, policies, stuff like that, but getting all ramped up over tweets and dumb bullshit is just not that fucking important. Getting pissed off at companies and trying to boycott them because they fucking donate to the president, it's so stupid. It's so fucking childish. It's it's dumb. It's like the people that go and be like, I'm going to boycott Disney because they, they did this. Well, good luck fucking boycotting Disney. They own fucking everything. Or I'm going to boycott Coca-Cola. Well, good luck. They fucking own everything. You don't understand the, these types of things. These people can do this type of shit. We're getting to a point where if you believe one thing and the other person doesn't, well, then you're at war with each other. And that's not a place where we want to be as a country as a whole. That, that's fucking, that's just not good. It's not good. It scares me because it's like, if we can't have fucking conversations, then what's the point? If we can't have differing opinions, why the fuck do we do this? What's the point of having a civilized society? I mean, really, though, I guess, uh, I mean, that's the end of my little rant there. It's just been, it's been shit that's just been on my mind lately. It's just really annoying and frustrating. And But um, next week, next week's uh, episode 20, and I have a special guest for next week. So, um, yeah, I'll be back to having a guest on the show, and, and, and I bet everybody will enjoy this one. He's a, he's a cool dude, and he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for almost 10 years. So, yeah, um, I won't tell everybody who it is. I'm going to leave it to be a little surprise. So until next week. <laughs>